If you're a founder, business owner, or someone who's trying to figure it out and you've ever felt frustrated, frantic, or unfulfilled, then you're in the right place. My name is Tara Payton. I'm a marketing strategist and consultant who's worked with hundreds of founders. And I am here to tell you there is a space for you to center yourself, get focused, experience fulfillment, and live in flow because you deserve it. I am here to walk you through the phases of life and business most won't, and we will own each stage together. Sometimes I'll be joined by other founders, friends, and special guests who are willing to share the highs and lows of their journey and have since found their own flow. Welcome to Found the Flow. Now let's get you to step into yours. I have a special guest here, Miss Dion Reddick. And um, today we're going to jump into all the things. But before we get there, I just wanted to say that, you know, I admire you and I've been following your journey for some time now. We've been in the same circles. We've been in the same spaces. And it is just so great to see you grow. It's so great to see you evolve as a business person and as an entrepreneur and also, um, you know, growing as someone that is also helping other entrepreneurs live their wildest dreams. So I just wanted to say that before we get thank started. You, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And um, let's jump into it. You, I know you, but I want you to introduce yourself. Who are you? What is it that you do to the audience? Okay, my name is Dion Reddick. I am from Orlando, Florida, living here in Atlanta now for about two, almost three years. Um, and I started my business, honestly, as a mistake. I went to a natural hair show um, in Orlando, and one of the vendors there was selling body butters. I purchased it. I tried to purchase some more. All the links on the site was down, all of the above. So that's how I got started. And that then developed into the, the physical products developed into coaching because other business owners were like, I'm looking at you grow. I see how you're expanding. Can you teach us? And that's how I started with the coaching side. Mm. So a mistake led you to become an entrepreneur. Literally. So, so what happened was um, her, her website was down. None of the links were working. Mm -hmm. And then there was a phone number on the jar. I literally left three voicemails for mm -hmm. this person to call me back. Um, I wanted it that bad. And after I never got any response, I did what everybody else does. And I attended YouTube University mm. <laughs> <laughs> to make some for just me. And mm -hmm. this is how green I was. I went to the uh, hair store mm -hmm. to find shea butter. The hair store. <laughs> Ew, we all know the shea butter. I, you know, I'm going to just keep I'm just keep quiet. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I was making it for just me. So I yep. went to the hair store. I got my shea butter. I got some ingredients. I didn't even have a mixer. So I went to my mom's house and I used her mixer. And I made this tiny jar. I got the jar from the Dollar Tree. Mm -hmm. um, and then she took some of mine. Um, my brother took hers and posted it on social media and was like, my sister just made this wonderful skin product. It's amazing. He was just bragging on me. Mm -hmm. And in the comments started coming friends and family like, how can I get some? So initially it was just, oh, no big deal. I'll mm -hmm. make it. But then I was like, wait a minute, this is costing me money to keep getting ingredients, getting supplies. Mm -hmm. um, even my labels were like dollar store, handwritten labels that I was doing. And so then I was like, mm, you know, you need to 
kind of pay me for this and everybody mm-hmm. was like no problem like we were waiting on you and that's wow. how it got started wow so you started out your brother promoted you online <laughs> friends and family were reaching out did you have other clients at that time at the time initially it was just friends, friends and, and family, family. Okay. Um, because it was on our personal social media pages mm-hmm. um, but then that's how it branched out because they would share it with their friends and mm-hmm. people that I did not know and then then other people started reaching out to me so the friends would either give them my phone number or my social media handle and I would get DMs and they were asking me for it and then I was like okay this looks like something I need to probably put a little something together Mm -hmm. but again I still wasn't thinking in the business mindset I was a federal Mm. government employee I had job security I I was Mm. good I was not in the mindset of business I went to law school business was not my choice Mm -hmm. but it kept choosing me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so at what point in that journey did you kind of shift into entrepreneur? Because I think it's so it's so easy, and your story is very parallel to a lot of people, right? They start making things because it's a need for them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you create for yourself, and you don't realize how many other people it can impact. Yeah. So was that a hard transition to get into the business mindset, or... Did it kind of just click and you were like, wait a minute, I'm an entrepreneur now. I need to mm-hmm. approach this differently. I definitely still didn't view myself as a entrepreneur or a business owner. I just was trying to figure out a way to get paid. Mm. So initially it was just, I think, like my PayPal and I would send invoices for the PayPal. Um, and then again my my background is law so research Mm -hmm. is my thing so then I started doing research on how to make it a little bit better than business and that's when Periscope was booming and so I was watching all the business owners on Periscope which is how I found my initial coach Mm -hmm. CC the six-figure chick Mm -hmm. so then I started treating it like a business once I got a coach because I didn't even realize I had a business really I just was To me, I was just selling a product that people needed. I did not have the idea of this is an actual business. Mm -hmm. What were some of the early mistakes that you made that you wish, before you started working with CC, that you wish you knew not to make? Like if you were talking to yourself Mm -hmm. when you started, what Mm -hmm. would you tell yourself? Buying way too much product. Mm. So especially in um, the field of having body butters and products like that, I thought I needed to have 20 different scents. So I went out and got all these scents that I personally liked. Mm -hmm. I didn't even like view my audience and see what were scents that they would like. So I had all these scents that I had paid for. I had all these different sizes in the very, very beginning. I mean, Mm -hmm. one, two, four, six, eight, 12 ounces. Like it was just too much Mm -hmm. in the initiative. And um, when you have too many things, people tend to not know what to buy and then they won't buy because it's too confusing. Mm-hmm. So if I could give my my early self some advice, was it would be kind of like when we start transitioning to natural again and they tell you not to go out and buy all those different hair Sim- products. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we don't listen. We don't. we don't listen. I still have stuff mm-hmm. that I not even opened. <laughs> I just got rid of stuff a couple months ago. Yeah, I was yeah. giving a lot of it away because we don't think about how it doesn't work for certain hair types. So mm-hmm. We just look on YouTube. Everybody else is doing it. We do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, the main mistake that I made in my business, just overbuying that 
things that were not necessary. So how did you streamline that? Was that something that Cece helped you with? Yes. Your coach? Okay, because yes. I'm sure she snatched your, she did. your edges and was she like, because I would have done the same thing, <laughs> yes, right? She did. So what, what was that like? Were you hesitant to get rid of stuff or were you just like, okay, this person knows better than mm -hmm. me. I'm going to trust them and I'm going to, you know, do what they say. So she had done what they tell you you need to look for when you're looking for a coach. She had built that know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. So from watching her for a while, I saw she knew what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. Plus, she was very relatable because she shared her story. She was from a small town in Alabama, um, and she started her business while working her nine to five. And so when I saw her success, I could visualize myself with that success. Mm -hmm. So when she showed me that I needed to scale back, um, and a few other initial tips she gave me in the beginning. I, it was just like, just do it. Plus, I realized she had to be right because all that stuff wasn't selling. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it must be a, a different way to handle it. So mm -hmm. that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And at what point did you realize you needed a coach? Was it because you have had come to know, like, and trust your coach? Or was it because you were simply like spinning your wheels and not knowing what to do? I think it was a little bit of both because in my head, again, I'm a researcher. So when mm -hmm. I was spinning my wheels, I would start researching. Mm -hmm. That meant Googling, maybe looking at a few other things. But um, again, the Googling is what got me to Periscope and then watching the different um, live broadcasts on Periscope and then they were making sense to me. They mm -hmm. made, like, it wasn't like they were just throwing things around. It was certain things that I never even thought of. So one of the things I say to my clients and I say to new people who are um, looking for a coach, when they say, why would I pay you when I can just Google it or YouTube? Mm. I say to them, you don't even know what to YouTube or Google. You don't know what you don't know until you know that you didn't know it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I didn't even know I should do this. Right. So now I need to put it into place. Mm -hmm. So that was the the eye opener for me. It was things she was teaching that never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking she can help me get to the next level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're willing, I would love to talk about the personal relationship you had with Cece, right? I know that you two were very close and she, um, you know, left us on this side in the world. Um, talk to me about that relationship that you had with her and the experience of her transition. Okay. <clears throat> she was always a very, very giving person. She would give so, she, I remember times she would be on lives two and three All hours long. Um, this was before, like, you remember when Instagram would shut you down after an hour? Mm -hmm. She would be on Periscope for hours and hours and hours. And then I remember her saying she was going to uh, transition over into Instagram and that would be her lane. And she would be there for hours. And then she would have webinars. And again, they would be hours. And she would give all of this information. And what happened with me is I felt comfortable enough. I could start, you know, asking questions in the comments. And she started, I guess, recognizing my name because I would ask. I wasn't trying to, um, you know, get a lot of information for free or do anything. I was genuine questions. And this one particular day, she got off the live and then she sent me a message, a private message. And she said, hey, I knew you had a question, but I couldn't answer it at the time. What's your phone number? Mm -hmm. 
I lost it. I'm literally at work, okay? <laughs> I literally have a client in front of me mm-hmm. and I ran, grabbed my phone and ran downstairs to my phone, I mean, mm-hmm. to my car to, to get this call. And so she answered a couple questions that way. And then she was like, you have a great spirit. Just keep my number if you need anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I continued to buy her courses. I continued to pay to be coaching. But in the interim, again, we were texting a lot and mm-hmm. we just developed a relationship genuinely Mm -hmm. and then she connected me to other people as well so Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was a great sisterhood um but i respected her business and continued to um buy from her Mm -hmm. but of course she still gave me a lot too so Mm -hmm. so yeah that's so i don't know if you know this but i actually came across you through a live that you did with cc really and you were talking about um insurance yes and I reached out to you maybe, I wasn't an entrepreneur at that time, but it stuck with me. Y'all were on there for hours. Yes. And you were going in about insurance and how to get insurance as an entrepreneur and not you know, break the bank. And I remember reaching out to you when I finally stepped into entrepreneurship. You probably don't remember this. I don't know if I DM'd you or emailed you. And I was like, hey, can you send me the course, like the link yeah. for that course? Yeah. And I bought that course. And that's how I figured out the really? insurance for entrepreneurship, yes. That is so crazy. Like, you, I, that's what I'm saying. You probably don't remember. And I don't think we were, we had met in person at Mm-mm. that point. Um, but yeah, it's like full circle with, you know, CC connecting so, so many crazy. people. I used to be on her lives too for hours. All this like, time I thought our connection was through Maya. I never no, knew it, it was, was through CC. Wow. It was well She's before that. It was together. through CC. Absolutely. So her legacy lives definitely on. lives on. It right. does. It does. So um, I want to talk to you about mindset, right? Um, with loss, you've experienced some personal loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I know your son has experienced mm-hmm. some personal loss. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you do to help you deal with it and get through it? Um, initially, my first real loss was my dad. And I thought, because again, we're taught to be strong, we're taught to keep going. And so I thought I was supposed to just bounce back mm. and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to bounce back. And then I'm trying to remember who recommended I get therapy. Mm-hmm. And that was the breakthrough because the therapist said to me, grief is like giving birth. When you first have a baby, they can't even hold their heads up, mm-hmm. much less tell you, you know, what they need, tell you, um, you know, tell you how they're feeling. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And that's how you need to treat grief. You need to let it be a process. So if you need to just stop, mm-hmm. then just stop. Mm-hmm. All that time, though, I thought I had to have strength. Mm. And that was the difference. Mm. And so was it hard for you? Because as black women, I think we're raised to Mm. be strong, Mm. right? So was it hard for you to kind of let go of that strength? Absolutely. And what were you thinking in that time? Um, I felt like everybody was depending on me. Mm. So if I broke or if I felt like stopping, Mm -hmm. I would somehow let everybody else down or if I wasn't letting them down, um, they wouldn't be able to move on because I wasn't moving on. I was basically taking on not only my own issues, Mm -hmm. but I self-imposed everybody else's issues when they didn't even ask me to. It -hmm. just was in my head space that because I had always been that person, 
always been the the leader or the person who can handle things. I my my brother I talk about this all the time. My brother is a pastor mm-hmm. and I was his first person that handled everything and even now I've been gone from Orlando since 2017. He still reaches out to me and asks me to handle things or he still has my number for people to contact for things with the church and I say to him, you know, why do you still have this? And he says, cuz I know you can handle it. Mm. <laughs> so how does that make you feel, right? That that you know, it's your brother, so I'm sure there's like, you know, I'm going to pull up for my brother, that's family, that's blood. But thinking about that and reflecting on that, how does that make you feel? Because sometimes when people are expecting us to handle things, they don't know what state we're in personally. Yeah. Right? So it can, I don't want to say it's selfish, but they don't really have a perspective of where you are. So the one thing is you have to teach people how to treat you. So Mm. if I've been teaching them my whole life that I'm the person they can depend on no matter what, how do I expect them to understand that right now I'm not that person? Mm -hmm. And so I had to literally let him and other people know, listen, this is a heavy burden right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Me handling everything, um, not just him, my mom as well, um, and before my dad died, I was the person for him. So um, I literally had to tell people individually even, listen, this is too much. I, can, mm-hmm. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. And then it was still hard for them to hear it because they would, they would say stuff like, this last time, can you do it? Mm. And listen, of course, I'd say one more time. So I'm the first one violating the, thing, the, the boundaries that I had set in place. So mm-hmm. I had to learn how to... Um, not cross those lines for myself first, mm-hmm. and then I could teach other people not to do it. Mm-hmm. It was a process, but I think and it's it doesn't happened. happen overnight. Because I've I've gone through similar experiences where I've had to take a step back from doing things for family mm-hmm. members, right? And my my thing is, I don't even think my family members were asking. I was just taking doing it, it on, right? So like you said, like showing up and just doing it, and then I had to realize again to your point. I was violating the boundary that I wanted to set with others for myself. And then here's the thing. We have a heart. This is my brother. He is my only sibling. I'm my father's only child, right? So he is my only sibling. So I have to, as the big sister, first Mm -hmm. of all, we're eight years apart. I've always felt like he was my baby, Mm -hmm. you know? So I felt like I had to, you know, take care of him. I'm my daddy's only child, so I had to be there for my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm that the oldest and that girl for my mom. So, you know, they tend to, to lean on their daughters more than they do their sons. And so, again, I'm here in Atlanta. My mm-hmm. mom will call me and ask me how to do something on a computer, and my brother was right there at the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she will call me on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're more patient. He doesn't have patience with me, you know? <laughs> right. And we just take that on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it, it's it's something we tend to do ourselves just because, mm-hmm. not necessarily something they're asking for, but they'll gladly accept it if mm-hmm. we're offering. So I wonder if that's an oldest thing because I'm the oldest as well. It's got to be. It has to be like an it's oldest daughter thing. I think it's also a black woman mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really feel it is, and and, I, and I, especially being the the female. Mm. No disrespect to the males, but it's we. We really teach our girls to be strong and then we take care of our boys. To this day, my mom cooks for my son 
every time he's the, like she has a three bedroom house he comes over and gets into bed with her and let's let's watch tv together now mm-hmm. and he's 26 years old that's a beautiful relationship though <laughs> i i mean i'm not gonna front that's a beautiful relationship but i understand completely what you're saying yeah, yeah. like for me she's like uh, does she cook. cook for you no well you know what because i complain about my son so much okay she kind of does to offset it a little bit okay but um she had me cooking at eight years old i was cooking for the whole family at eight not my brother i never drove a car to school junior was able to drive her car to school so it's just different it's different (laughs) and you know what hearing you talk about this i always used to tell people so i'm the oldest i have a younger sister we're three years apart um And I always tell people like, we have the same parents, Mm -hmm. but we had a different upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know Mm -hmm. how, I don't know what switches. I I just don't get, I don't understand it. Like the things that my sister was able to do compared to me. And even some of my friends, like my friends in high school, they would be like, yo, your sister is out here Mm -hmm. driving Mm -hmm. or doing whatever. Mm -hmm. And- Junior drove the Cadillac to high school. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, not me. (laughs) I was riding a city bus to work. Junior drove the Cadillac to school. High school, sir. Right, (laughs) right. It was a very different upbringing. So I don't know what that switch is. If like the parents, I don't want to say they get lazy. I think they really do soften up because with that first child, you feel like you've got to be on. You've got to Mm. make sure, you know that commercial for the, I think it's a Huggies commercial or some Pampers or something like that. And they're like first kid and they have all (laughs) the interviews, second kid, they're like whatever. Just, just, (laughs) as long as they don't die, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, so I think that really is it. Okay, and then how have you then used how you were raised to raise your son? Hey, if you want to figure out how to go from being a frantic founder to a founder in the flow, then you better go ahead and get on my email list. Take the quiz to find out where you are currently in the founder's journey, how it impacts your marketing, and I'll send you information straight to your inbox that is known to get you in flow, keep you in flow, and get consistent customers and cash flow coming to your company. So go ahead and take the quiz. It's linked in the show notes, and I will see you next time. Um, well, he is the only, and for me, I didn't want him to be, um, solely dependent on me, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I wanted to be the person to rescue him. He says that even to this day, I know if something happens, you'll get me out of it. He said it maybe mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, even though. I felt like, you know, there were some ways that I could do things differently. Mm-hmm. I primarily did them the, the same. I think the one thing that I didn't do for my son that my mom did for me is she sheltered me big time. Like, mm. oh my God. Like I remember having, my mama is, I feel like her and Jesus was best friends in a former life. Like literally, <laughs> I'm not joking. We have been in the car in the Walmart parking lot and my mother will Pray to the angels of parking spaces. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I, you know what? There's a comedian that has this joke. I wait. Let me think. Was it? I think it might have been Dion Cole. <laughs> so we went to go see him live, and he has this joke where he's like, you know, black people will pray about I everything. Promise you. They'll pray for a free parking space. I promise he's like, you. Do you think my God yes. is spending time and that's what to I get said. you a parking space? <laughs> and that's what close. I said. He was like, you actually need to park in the back and walk. 
because you need to lose some weight or something like that, this right? Is like This is fact. Yeah, we so pray about anything. I said to her when she was praying to the angels of parking spaces, uh, the Lord is trying to stop this person from dying from cancer over there. He don't have time. For, and she was like, my God told me to pray for everything. And I promise you within seconds, a front parking space will open up, okay? Oh, my so, touch. <laughs> so she sheltered me from so much. We were always in church. Mm-hmm. Um, she, nothing, you know, all this sin does not go on in her holy house. I remember winning a Michael Jackson um, off the wall concert, or off the wall um, poster at the fair. Mm-hmm. And I hung it up in my room and she told me to get that sinful poster off her holy walls. Michael Jackson wasn't that bad, right? Could you, did she at least allow you to move? My up? mama sheltered me, okay? You couldn't That's do I, okay. I took him down, okay? Okay. When I called her screaming, cause I had, um, in, in law school, I did an internship with the attorney that changed Prince's name to the symbol. So I had just attended a Prince concert Madison Square Garden. It was like amazing. I called mm-hmm. her screaming like, oh my God, this concert, da, 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 da. And she was silent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hello? And she goes, well, I'm with the Prince of Peace every day and I never heard you scream for him. <laughs> huh? You just took my whole moment? Yeah, so that is the one thing I did not do with my son. I did not shelter him. Yes. yes. <laughs> I exposed him to some things because mm-hmm. she had me on lock. So I put it to you this way. When I left home, and went to an HBCU, FAMU. Mm-hmm. After okay, be- HBCU in the building. Mm-hmm. After being sheltered like that, I literally was like, uh-oh, what is happening? So did you lose your mind or did you, you don't want to say because your mama might hear no, this? No, no, okay. she's heard it. Okay. I went to FAMU, a virgin. I came home second year pregnant. That's okay. all I'm going to okay, say. Okay, so there's proof of what the, got it. So you were living your best life basically right and no regrets right we did we have no regrets we went no back regrets. and we got our we got our bachelor's we got our master's we went to law school so we mm-hmm. picked ourselves up again mm-hmm. however child did you have to hear it for a long time let me tell you okay <laughs> but the crazy part is when i had him though it's literally like i remember she was in the delivery room i remember i had him and she literally left my side to be with him and it's been that way ever since mm. she's like been obsessed with him mm-hmm. so it's not like it, it, it went on for a minute um even the time he was like two and he called her or i called her and he wanted to talk to her and of course, everything he did was wonderful. He was like, Nana, I just want to sing a song to you. Oh, sing Nana a song. And he's like, mm-hmm. shout it, swing my way. Oh, God. Wait, was she okay with this? Or did she say that's not a holy she song? She said, let me speak to your mother. Okay. I get on the phone and she taught it. She said, if you taught him swing low, sweet chariot, he wouldn't know shout it, swing. <laughs> so she came Again, for you. She didn't. It's my fault. <laughs> it, eh, eh. Okay. I, all right. You get it. I get it. I get it. But I love, I mean, I love that though. Um, and there's something special about grandparents. Like they change. It's out of control. You know, I don't have children. My sister has children and I've seen my parents change. Who are you? It's like, who are you? Who are you? Where so did you come from? So the same thing I said, like my sister and I, same parents, different upbringing, mm-hmm. but like the grandchildren, I'm Ridiculous. like, who? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her response, every time I said something, she says, that's my grandbaby. Get mm-hmm. your own. Wow. Oh. Okay. okay. I love your mom, though. Everybody does. <laughs> I love your mom's energy. <laughs> so let's talk about um, your transition from being an entrepreneur, building this product-based business, mm-hmm. and how you got into coaching, Okay, right? Was it because, like, what was the reason? What was the 
the pivot point for you? Here was the pivot. So again, Cece and I had, um, we'd been messaging, we had called each other and she was coming to Orlando for, I can't remember the name of a con the conference, but she was gonna be in Orlando and of course that's my hometown. So mm -hmm. she's like, if you're gonna be in town, let's meet up. So this was our first meetup. And we had, had lunch, but anytime you meet Cece, just be prepared. It's gonna be a whole oh, one-on-one. Exactly. Like she carried her laptop with mm -hmm. her everywhere she went. So after being in the restaurant so long, like we were tipping the people just to let us stay there. That's mm -hmm. how long we had been there. And her brother, who was her assistant, was so like, I'm ready to go. He was like standing by the door, like, can we go? Mm -hmm. And she said, um, we gotta get back because, um, you know, every quarter maybe she would release a new journal. Mm -hmm. And she said that she hated the shipping process because she would have so many orders for journals. They, it would take them like two days to send them out because her brother would have so many, he would stand in line and then he would just take a few into this one and then he'd drive to another post office because he got tired of people standing in behind uh -huh. him like, oh, you're taking so long. And I'm mm -hmm. like, why are y'all going to the post office? Did you know you could ship everything from home mm -hmm. and print your labels right there from your computer? He left the door, sat next to me, mm. put his arm around me and said, what? Yeah. So then I was like, oh, I'll show you real quick. And mm -hmm. we opened her laptop and I showed her how to ship without going to the post office. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, she said, you're gonna teach this class. I was like, nobody wants to learn how to ship packages. She goes, I'm the six-figure chick, mm -hmm. and you just taught me something that saved me two days of standing in a line. Wow. Other people want to hear this. Mm -hmm. And so she forced me to put the class out because, of course, I was like, oh, God, I can't do a webinar. I can't, I can't, I can't. And it was a huge success, mm -hmm. a huge, and especially for people who had products like mine, the body butters. Mm-hmm. Because what's the one thing they'll do? They're going to melt in heat. In the heat, And yeah. so I'm in Florida shipping body butters and they're like do they melt and i'm mm -hmm. like not anymore again mm -hmm. i had to figure out and make all the mistakes and i and they were like please 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 share this with us and mm -hmm. that's how i started transitioning into coaching it was her asking me to teach that one class about shipping and then people were asking me for other classes so mm -hmm. that's how the transition happened now did you want to do it no like once you but once you did it did you enjoy it Oh yeah it was great okay. i felt so accomplished but again it was to me it was a one-time fluke it was, a, mm. it, it was a success, but that had to be a mistake. I can't do it twice. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, I wasn't wanting to do it again. And then you've done it how many times after I that? I cannot tell you. Right. I cannot right. even tell you. <laughs> so sometimes it's like getting through that first mm -hmm. hump mm -hmm. and feeling on top of the world and knowing that you yep. can do it once and yep. then continuing to go. Absolutely. So tell me, what are some of the specific things that you help your clients with now? So as a business coach, I help them to grow and scale their business through their online and social media presence. So a lot of people are, oh, I don't want to do social media and oh, I don't want to have a website. Their whole thing is just DM me and I'll tell you how to how to get this. And so I teach them how they can do it, even if they don't have a website, mm -hmm. but I teach them how they can grow their business using this online social media platform because, you know, gone, gone are the days of, you know, the yellow pages and mm -hmm. sending, um, what are they called? Door knockers and, and, and yes. mail. Like I have, I have one client that literally paid thousands of dollars to get access to a list so he could send out thousands of these little postcards about the business that he was offering. And so I asked him, I said, when you get those little leaflets in the mail, what's the first thing you do with them when you look at them? Trash can. You don't even look at them, you put them in the trash. It's almost like pull out 
put in trade. You don't mm-hmm. even look, it could say on there, you just want a million dollars and you will never know because you throw it in the trash can. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so if you're doing that with everything, what do you think people are doing with your cards? And it was that moment he was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's a different way to do that. And if you choose not to, then you're choosing to not have your own success. People don't even realize that Amazon started initially online because they offered to Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Toys R Us didn't want to do online sales. They were huge in mm-hmm. the in the brick and mortar space. Um, and this was when the, it was the beginning. And so Amazon said, well, we'll ship your online or handle your online sales for you and you handle the brick and mortar. And they mm-hmm. said, okay. Mm-hmm. And we see what happened with Toys R Us. <laughs> Right? And we see what happened with Amazon. Okay? Right, right. <laughs> so you have got to be willing. You have mm-hmm. got to be willing to to um, grow with how the world is growing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so, um, that's what I teach my clients. So, what are some things that you think that entrepreneurs that you work with? Um, do you specifically work with product based? No. no okay. No, no. Because okay. I'm both product and, and service, service based. So, so you do I can, both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you think that entrepreneurs should look out for in the next twelve to eighteen months as far as how the landscape is changing? Because online is changing every Rapidly. single day. Rapidly. Right. Um, what are some things that entrepreneurs should be focused on? Mm-hmm. And what are some things that they should not be focused on? Where your audience is. Mm. That is key. Mm-hmm. Because if um, I am a prime example, even my early days when CC first did a um, audit of my social media page, in my head, if people saw white people on their products, it sells more. I don't. I don't. It, it's just something. I don't know. And so I literally was just getting Google photos of arms, legs, oh what people with skin. Mm-hmm. That's everybody. Um, and that's what I was doing. And she goes. But is that the audience you're going after? Like, mm-hmm. And so then I had to realize that. And so you have to pay attention to where your audience is and then recognize what those trends are. You know, right now, Instagram is monetizing reels. Let me tell you, when I got that notification saying I could monetize my reels, mm-hmm. baby. Okay. <laughs> you, are, you are real. We reeling everything, okay? We reeling my <laughs> fingernail polish coming off. Let's make it a reel, yes. okay? Yes. <laughs> so you've got to pay attention to where your audience is and that trend mm-hmm. and then start making sure you're you're presenting it to them the way that they want it. If, if I'm a vegan and you're telling me you got a T-bone steak for me, that's probably not going to be a good look. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's what you need to do. You need to pay attention because they're shifting constantly. Mm-hmm. Do not get stuck in what's working today. It probably won't work tomorrow or not work as well. Where do you think the consumer is shifting to? They're definitely more digital mm-hmm. and they need easier access to it. S- saying um, DM me for pricing is not going to work. Um, even just a link may not work people are loving the qr codes these days Mm -hmm. and so i'm hardcore with that telling my audience even i think even when we were at the event people were like um i want to follow your instagram and they're like what's your handle i pull up the qr code Mm -hmm. people don't even realize instagram you have a qr code for instagram yes it's 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 sensational (laughs) and it's the best because Mm -hmm. what if you have all those underscores or a different Mm -hmm. spelling it's Mm -hmm. easy to find the wrong page or as we know like terry geoma has how many 
fake pages right. for her. So it's easy to get the wrong page if you don't do that. Mm -hmm. And so you need to, I think those are the trends that people really need to be looking for, especially in a post COVID world. Mm -hmm. um, I look back at some of my old videos where I was handling products with my hands. Mm -hmm. Oh, if you were to do that now without it's some gloves on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just gotta pay attention to that. And so people are really um, clear about, you know, digitally and getting access to it quickly. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that don't know, you do have a QR code for your Instagram and it is yes. phenomenal. And one of the things that, one of the ways that I use it is at the end of any webinar or presentation, like I yes. do talks and things like that. Yes. I put the QR code up there and, say, and you will mm -hmm. see, I mean, virtually you can't see it, but if you're in person, yeah. you see all the cell phones come out yep. and they are hitting up your QR yep. code. So for your business, whether you're a service provider or you have a e-commerce store product-based business, get your QR codes in order mm -hmm. or find them. They're in your settings. Yep. Um, and it's it's so interesting to me because QR codes have been around for Ever. years. Ever. Right? I remember I was working in corporate and they the company I was working for, they weren't sure if QR codes were actually gonna take mm -hmm. off. So, you know, I've been gone from them for several years now. So it's interesting to see this whole trend yes. trend with QR come codes back. come about, mm -hmm. right? So that is also a testament that sometimes things don't take off immediately. But when that shift happens, mm -hmm. it's like wildfire. That was one nugget I started giving to my physical product-based businesses that still do like events. Mm -hmm. So they're selling in person at events. Um, the first thing I told them, I said, think about it this way. If you're standing in a long line, forget standing. If you're going to a vendor that has a long line, you decide if you're going to even you're willing to wait. You got to mm -hmm. look and see how fast it's moving. Right. But even that standing in the long line, people lose interest. Right. right. You want to get make it easy as possible for them to give you their money. And so I've been teaching my clients, you can create QR codes for whatever you need right inside of Canva. Mm -hmm. And so um, I taught my one class and I was like, create the QR, QR code print it out and put it in a dollar store picture frame mm -hmm. and have people literally pull their phone up, scan it, and then you get paid directly to wherever that link is going. Mm -hmm. And then I talked about how I saw this honey stand um, on the side of the road and it had the honey out there mm -hmm. and it had the QR codes for like PayPal, Venmo, and something else. There was no real, per yes, mm -hmm. there was no real person standing at this stand, mm. but I could buy the honey from the stand and nobody was even standing there. So they had a trust in it, a it social said, this distance. This is based on like, the honor system. Yeah, it honor system, right? Based on trust and you can just pay with your, yeah. yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I love that. And there was no human being there and I mm -hmm. bought honey. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, being able to make it as easy as possible for your client to work with you, pay you any of the above, that's what you need to mm -hmm. be able to do. Make it as easy as possible as easy for as your possible. clients to pay you, mm -hmm. work with you, mm -hmm. contact mm -hmm. you, right? That mm -hmm. is, yes, so, so very important. Because even with Cece, I'm the one who told her her initial, all she had was PayPal. Because mm -hmm. even if you don't have a PayPal account, you can still pay with PayPal. She loved the instant gratification of seeing it right then and being mm -hmm. able to have access to it versus like, you know, having to go to a bank account. But I told her, I said, you need to have all payment options available. Mm -hmm. um, and then she noticed when she added Stripe, her sales literally quadrupled. And she was like, how much money was I leaving on the table? And so even on my site, I have the regular checkout. 
but I have Sezzle as a payment option. Mm -hmm. I have Shop Pay installments as a payment option. I have PayPal installments. And so a client was like, will you take one of those off versus having all three? No, because mm -hmm. they may not be able to check out with Sezzle, but they right. can with Shop Pay, you right. know? So you make it as easy as possible. Right, right. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. Um, before we go, I would love for you to tell the audience where to find you and if there's anything special that you have coming up. Okay. Um, yes, you can find me on all the social medias. <laughs> um, Instagram, I am Body Essence by Dion for the physical products. I am Biz Coaching, B-I-Z Coaching by Dion for the coaching side. Um, I'm having my first in-person conference yes. um, here in Atlanta, May 13th and 14th. It's called Mind Your Business Weekend. Okay. And what's that price point looking like? <laughs> I ain't going to put you on the spot. But really? you know, we just, let's that's, just make that's it, what we're doing that's right what now. We're doing. I, listen, I have to hold you accountable just as you hold me accountable. We in the same room. I just want to make sure. Oh, God. Maya's going to kill me. No, I, I, I did raise the prices. So okay. general admission is $497. Okay. All right. And so you're getting two days of phenomenal training from uh, five different coaches, including myself. Um, we're going to have a meet and greet. We're going to mm. have swag. I'm mm. so excited about the swag. I don't know why I'm so excited about the swag. I'm getting all kind of gifts that's for the, the swag. Fun part. I'm like, that's the right. fun part. Like, I literally just picked up some items for the swag on the way here. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be a great time and it's going to be an annual event. So, this is just my oh, first, nice. but it's going to be phenom phenomenal. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to continuing to follow the journey and Absolutely. stay connected with you. Okay. And thank you so much for joining again. Thank and you for having me. We are out on this episode. We will see y'all next time. Bye. Now that's a wrap for this week's episode of Found the Flow. I sincerely hope you feel more aligned regardless where you are on this journey. I've centered this show around my hopes that you find a safe space as you navigate your growth. Make sure to share this on your favorite social platform. Tag me while you're figuring out what being in flow means to you and share this with your people because you really never know who can get something from the message. Until next week, may you find the flow.